Attacking football and goals are what football fans want to see, and preferably lots of them. And luckily for us, there have been some teams who have taken the Premier League by storm with their attacking prowess, scoring more league goals than anyone else. In this episode of The Reads from the Analyst, we're going to take a close look at the sides that have scored the most goals in a single Premier League season, even if their overall campaigns haven't ended up in glory. I'll be back at the end of this episode with more information on where you can read and hear more great data-driven storytelling like this. But in the meantime though, please listen to The Most Goals Scored by a Team in a Single Premier League Season by John Manuel. It will probably be of no surprise to you that Manchester City topped this chart for the highest number of Premier League goals scored by a team in a single season. Pep Guardiola making up for his trophyless first season in charge in spectacular fashion, leading City to become the first ever team to reach the 100 points mark for a season in the Premier League, scoring 106 league goals en route to the title. To put that figure into perspective, Pep's side scored more goals than Burnley, Southampton and Swansea combined. Sane on his good side, very good side. Two for him, two for Gabriel Jesus, one for Sergio Aguero. And Manchester City move, for the moment at least, to the top of the Premier League in some extravagant style. Conceding just 27 goals in the process, their goal difference of plus 79 is also the largest ever. They lost just two games all season, had a record 32 wins and went on a 22-match unbeaten run to start the year. And it was another team-centric Pep masterclass that did the damage, with four players scoring at least 10 goals and four players having at least 10 assists. The goal scoring was led by Sergio Aguero, netting on 21 occasions, but he was defeated to the goal involvement mark after registering just six assists. Raheem Sterling took that honour with his 18 strikes being matched by 11 assists. Gabriel Jesus meanwhile netted 13 times with Leroy Sane also finding the back of the net on 10 occasions. The German would turn provider on 15 occasions with David Silva notching 11 assists and Kevin De Bruyne recording 16. Despite these goal-scoring feats, it looked for all the world like City would finish agonisingly short of the 100-point mark. That was until Gabriel Jesus stepped up with a 94th-minute winner against Southampton on the final day of the season to tip them over the top. Forward by De Bruyne, Gabriel Jesus wins it with the last kick of the season. 100 
It seems Premier League records are just made to be broken by Pep Guardiola. Time to take a look at a historic Chelsea season. And for once, it's not Jose Mourinho in charge of the team. That's right, this honour goes to legendary Italian Carlo Ancelotti in his first season as Chelsea manager. His attacking style led to 103 goals for a side for whom it was all about the home form. Their 68 strikes at Stamford Bridge are five more than any other team has managed at home in a single campaign. Looking back through the top scorers reminds us of what made this team so dangerous. Didier Drogba leading the way with 29 goals but being ably supported by Frank Lampard's 22, Florent Malouda's 12 and Nicolas Anelka's 11. In particular, the duo of Drogba and Lampard were involved in 68 of Chelsea's 103 goals, with the team themselves ending the season in some style, wrapping up the championship on the final day of the season by battering Wigan 8-0 at Stamford Bridge and breaking the 100-goal mark in the process. Despite bringing domestic success again to the club, the serial European Cup-winning Ancelotti could not bring continental success, with the Blues beaten in the Champions League by eventual winners into Milan. A year later, and a second-place finish and a 69-goal season was not enough to keep Ancelotti in the job, but we will always have that first season in charge to remember. Enough of the Chelsea content, it's back up to the blue half of Manchester, because in a season which became all about Liverpool ending their 30-year wait for a top-flight title, it was Manchester City who finished as top scorers with 102 goals in the 2019-2020 season. And in modern City fashion, and as you heard earlier, this was a team effort with five players scoring more than 10 goals. Raheem Sterling this time led the way with 20, followed by Sergio Aguero's 16, Gabriel Jesus's 14, Kevin De Bruyne's 13 and Riyad Mahrez's 11. In fact, it meant City were the first top-flight side in English football to have five different players to score at least 10 league goals in a single season since Everton in the 1984-85 campaign. Mendy gets that cross in, it's headed away from the six-yard box, back to Kevin De Bruyne, who lines up a shot, 
Brilliant from Kevin De Bruyne. Thumping that in, taking matters into his own hands. Kevin De Bruyne strikes to hand City the lead again. It is a hugely important goal for Manchester City. This was also a vintage season from Kevin De Bruyne, as his 20 assists equaled the record held by Thierry Henry. However, for all these goal-scoring exploits, City lost nine games, the most of any team you are going to hear in this podcast, as Liverpool ultimately ran away with the title. Okay, back to winning ways for City now, and in some ways, right back to where it all started. Sir Alex Ferguson had just retired at Manchester United in 2013, and the so-called noisy neighbours were now aiming to assert themselves as the dominant Manchester club, which indeed they just did during the 2013-2014 season, getting the better of a free-scoring Liverpool side who will get on to in just a minute to claim their second Premier League title in three years. This time, Manuel Pellegrini was at the helm with this Manchester City side scoring 102 goals. Now, you might be wondering who the top goalscorer was in this season for them. Sergio Aguero? Edin Dzeko? No, in fact, it was the marauding midfielder Yaya Toure. His 20 goals, including four free kicks and six penalties, along with nine assists, is quite some season. Torre remains just the second midfielder in Premier League history, after Frank Lampard in the 2009-2010 season to score 20 goals in a single campaign. Yaya Torre will step up to take the penalty. Danny Rose with the foul, which has reduced Tottenham to 10 men. Torre takes the spot kick. A cool finish from Yaya Torre. Sends Lloris the wrong way. Sends Manchester City 2-0 up. Yaya Torre is patted down by his teammates and they celebrate goal number two of the match. To be fair, it would be harsh not to mention the 17 goals from Sergio Aguero or the 16 goals from Edin Dzeko that were vital in winning Pellegrini's single Premier League title. It has only happened one other time that a team has had three scorers with 15 goals in a single season. That came in the 2021-2022 season when Mohamed Salah, Sadio Mane and Diogo Jota did the same for Liverpool. And um, speaking of the Reds... Luckily, Liverpool fans have the wonders of Jurgen Klopp to soften the hurt of the 2013-2014 Premier League season. Yet many will, and do, look on this Brendan Rodgers just outscore the opponent's Liverpool side with some fondness. Propelled by strikers Luis Suarez with 31 goals and Daniel Sturridge's 21, 
Liverpool went on to score 101 goals during the course of this season. And when we compare these totals to their expected goals, it becomes even more remarkable. Between them, Suarez, who won the Golden Boot that year, and Sturridge outperformed their combined XG by 14.6 goals, both enjoying a season they would never forget. Well, that's from distance! Oh, my word! Absolutely astonishing! Luis Suarez is a footballer of the highest calibre. Suarez is looking for Sturridge! That is a brilliant stop. Sturridge will go again and will wrap the game up this time. Never say die from Liverpool. Daniel Sturridge is back. He's back with a goal. Oh, Sturridge will provide it to Luis Suarez. He's got a long way to go on his own. Luis Suarez is going all the way on his own. How on earth has he done that? In the end, though, it was not meant to be for Liverpool that term. Conceding 50 goals, including four own goals from Martin Skirtle, is not a good look for wannabe champions. No team has ever conceded more than 45 goals and gone on to win the title. So that's the top five, and when we break it out further into the top ten, not much really changes. Only four teams appear in the top 10 highest scoring seasons. You've heard three of them already, with Manchester United's best coming in the 1999-2000 season when they scored 97 goals. Arsenal and Tottenham Hotspur both failed to crack the top 10, with their best Premier League scoring campaigns coming in the 2004-2005 season, well, at least in the case of Arsenal when they netted 87, and then for Spurs in the 2016-2017 campaign when they netted 86 goals, with 29 of them coming courtesy of Harry Kane. And, of course, neither side won the league in those campaigns. But you want to know more, right? Like the Premier League record for the most number of goals scored by a side that suffered relegation. Well, that honour goes to Blackpool in the 2010-2011 season, who went down despite scoring 55 goals as they finished 19th. The Tangerines actually scored more than 7th-placed Everton and as many as 5th-placed Spurs. And how about the most goals for a newly promoted team? Well, in the 1993-1994 campaign, Newcastle United scored 82 goals, which is a record in the Premier League era, as Andy Cole finished as the top goalscorer with 34, beating Blackburn's Alan Shearer by three goals. When it comes to a 20-team season, Leeds United hold the record, scoring 62 on their way to finishing ninth in the 2020-2021 season. And one last nugget for you. Leicester City's improbable Premier League victory was made even more improbable given they scored just 68 goals en route to the trophy. That's the joint lowest figure by the eventual champions in a 20-team Premier League season, which is tied, actually, 
with Manchester United in the 2008-2009 season and Arsenal in the 1997-1998 season. So that was the most goals in a single Premier League season, written and researched by John Manuel with music from Audio Network. A big thanks to all the places we were able to get archive from, and it was presented by me, Graham Bell. This has been a production for The Analyst, the home of data-driven storytelling, which features great in-depth articles and blogs from across the sporting world, as well as specialised data visualisation, season-long interactive metrics, as well as some tricky quizzes to show off your sporting knowledge to your friends and family. All of this is on theanalyst.com right now, and why not head over to our Twitter and Instagram accounts as well to join in the conversation You'll find us on both of them as at Opta Analyst. In the meantime, though, you can continue to get lost in the reads from The Analyst by subscribing on your preferred podcast application like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and many others where we would also love for you to rate and review the show and also don't forget to check out stats out of context a new ish podcast from the analyst team which is available right here in your reads from the analyst podcast feed join duncan alexander and i as we dive into the stats that go into the sports that we love we are up to episode five now and last time out we looked at some of the great substitute goals in premier league world cup and uefa champions league history and guess what we've got a little sneak preview of the show at the end of this episode just to warm your appetite but for now it's thanks for listening to us and so long from everyone here at the reads from the analyst Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to Stats Out of Context. The 2021-2022 Premier League season is now in our rearview mirror. And the actions on the final day, and especially in the final 25-15-odd minutes, will really help us bring today's topic to life. Joining me to go through it today, as ever, Duncan Alexander. Duncan, how are we? Hello, Graham. Yeah, I am very good, thanks. Excited to be talking about uh, today's subject. Indeed, because it is sub-goals that we are talking about. Not goals that are below par. We're talking about substitute goals here, I think it's best to say. And of course, Ilkay Gundogan this weekend for Manchester City really turned the deciding bit of the title race on its head with his introduction. And maybe also Jack Grealish's... uh, Decision to stay on the bench by Pep Guardiola might have also been a smart one. But the role of the substitute, well, it's actually a fairly recent, in the terms of history of football, it's actually a fairly recent addition to the game. Yeah, I mean, for for a long, long time, there were no substitutions. There were people that could um, turn up and play instead if someone literally didn't turn up. There were recorded instances of the word substitute used in the 19th century where, you know, literally some guy would start fighting the Boer War or whatever people did in those days, couldn't turn up and someone else played. But yeah, the um, 
the idea of actually replacing a player mid-game was seen, I think, as a bit of a against the Corinthian kind of spirit of football. Like, you know, why why should a team be able to bring on someone else? So, you know, that was how it progressed for many years. And I think it got to the point where a lot of FA Cup finals, a lot of big games were were massively hindered by the fact that one or more players were hobbling around the pitch and simply unable to <laughs> to take part. And I think it, even the, uh, the incredibly manly uh, viewpoint of the 1950s and 60s got to the point where they're like, actually, maybe we should let people you know, make one change if someone is brutally injured. So, um, so yeah, sort of mid, mid sixties that was brought in. Yeah, indeed. It's funny. I've been reading recently a book, uh, all about the, uh, the launch of soccer in the U S there. So I think it's called rock and roll soccer or something like that. And it talks about in there about Eusebio and Pele, obviously was were two of the first players to go across to the, uh, NASL. And it talks about how in the world cup before that, basically most teams tactics against both of them was just to kick them because it would basically mean that they were completely, um, neutralized as players. Sure. Still probably better on one leg than I am on two legs, but equally, um, they, they really, it really was a little bit of the tactic of the game. But by the 1960s, it finally was introduced. We did begin to see substitutes begin to make their appearances in, in league football. And uh, But very quickly, it probably took a matter of a decade, you began to see gamesmanship come into it. Yeah, I mean, the the initial rule, as we were saying, was that you could bring on a player if someone else was injured. But um, uh, the first sub to score a goal, actually, was a guy called Bobby Knox for Barrow uh, against Wrexham in, in August 1965. And it kind of sums up what subs were like in those days, that he was also the first substitute to save a penalty. Because <laughs> later in that season, the, uh, the Barrow goalkeeper got injured and he came on for him and saved a penalty. So that's a pretty uh, rare double to be the first sub to score and to save a penalty. But yeah, hats off Bobby Knox. But um, yeah, there were some some managers, you know, maybe a kind of prototype Mourinho's uh, like Don Revy, who basically, um, you know, we might see it with some modern coaches, I think, players going down injured when maybe they're not injured um, for a bit of a, of a tactical rejig. Um, and yeah, I think Revy definitely used that sort of tactic of uh, a player being inverted commas injured um, so the substitute could come on. So I think quite quickly the league thought, well, this... We kind of there's no actual way to decide whether someone's actually injured or not, um, you know, accurately. So they they changed it. So I think from the sort of late sixties, it was allowed for tactical reasons as well. 